Welcome to The Money Mavens, a podcast for the ambitious female business owner that loves money and desires to create a business and lifestyle up-level. With myself, Charlotte Balbier, multi-seven-figure brand builder, and my partner in success, Josie May, global six-figure business coach. Join us for all things business and lifestyle, combined with our strong opinions, a few naughty words, lots of fun, and a double dose of luxury. So pull up your seats at the success table with us, Charlotte and Josie, the Money Mavens. If you are in the wedding industry, you need to stop what you're doing right now and listen to what we have got to say. We are inviting you to the biggest and the best collaboration and event this year in the wedding industry. That's right. The Money Mavens are collaborating with Julia Smith, formerly known as Brame, who is the founder of Brides Up North. And it just so happens is on this next podcast episode coming up for you. We are collaborating to do an event at the Mansions in Leeds on the 24th of May. And it's going to be all about you having the best year in your wedding business you've ever ever had we're going to be talking all things bridal trends strategy mindset money making lots of profit in your business and of course there'll be lots and lots of fun inspiration so if you want to come if you're ready to really up level if you want to be surrounded by three experts that's myself charlotte balbier Josie May and Julia Smith, then this event is for you. We're going to put the link in your bio and we'll see you then. It's one of my oldest friends in the wedding industry. So I'm super excited to have Julia Smith, formerly known as Brame, who you will know is the editor of Unveiled magazine, also the editor and founder of Brides Up North. And this year she's celebrating 13 years as an industry leader in the wedding industry. Julia, it's amazing to have you with us. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. What a pleasure to be with the Money Mavens. Ah, <laughs> uh, and it, you know it's such a treat because obviously I've known you for such a long time, so it's an extra treat for me to have you. And then you only recently got to know Josie, yeah. but we've already got a collaboration happening between the three of us. We which have is super, the space. Super super exciting. So. Julia, obviously I've given you an introduction there, but you have got so many things that we could talk about and I know what you do inside out. But there are listeners that are listening who don't know, I'd love you to share a little bit more about who you are, what you do. Yeah, no problem. So yes, I'm Julia and I'm the editor of a couple of projects actually. So we have a print magazine called Unveiled, which is for the wedding industry well it's for consumer actually so it's it's trade to consumer glossy coffee table st- uh, print magazine um with unveiled we also have a network behind the scenes of wedding suppliers so called unveiled network so there we support each other and we i offer them um advertising and um workshops all sorts of things um for our industry that came out of the pandemic there was a real need to brought together and it's just worked and evolved since then. Uh, I also have uh, Brides Up North, which is an online platform. It started as a blog, but it's grown into all sorts of, grown all sorts of legs. So it's um, a blog, a directory, we've got all our related social content. And that again is um, business to consumer and it's, um, you know, helping couples to plan their best day using all the suppliers that we would recommend and support on the supplier end. 
I think that's where I'm at. We also run wedding shows, so forgot about that bit. <laughs> kind of a big, kind of a big part of the business, yeah. Like <laughs> North Brand, we run wedding shows, so we run between thirty to forty of those a year, all different venues, all across the north of the UK, um, under the Bride of North Brand. Um, so we can be anywhere from Annie up in Northumberland across to Shropshire, over to Hull. Um, so we we get about a bit, but um, yeah, we we bring. Um, really kind of what we do online to life, um, but each is bespoke to the venue. So we, we we try to keep them all different. So if, if a couple wanted to visit a couple, they can. Yeah, they're, they are amazing. I've been to quite a few of them and they are brilliant. Even for somebody who's worked in the industry all their life, like I have, I love coming to your events because they are really different. There's And like you say, each one has got a different feeling and a different vibe to it and there's always something really interesting and exciting happening at them they're really really cool yeah you have not always done this like this is not what you were on paper meant to do shall we say like what did you do before well, it's interesting because I would say it is exactly what I was meant to do. <laughs> well yes yeah before I'm about to tell you what I did before Right back at the start when I was a kid growing up, um, if someone asked me what, what I wanted to be when I grew up, I used to sort of trot out that I'd want to be editor of Vogue. Oh, really? I love that. Yeah. Wow. Loads of time in my bedroom reading magazines, like, but also sort of like unpicking them, trying to understand how they were written, how they put them together, format of a magazine, how it was laid out. That's the thing. So I was obsessed with magazines as a child. Um, there wasn't a lot of opportunity in the north of the UK to be a part of a really special magazine um, at that time. Uh, so I thought I had to go down to London to kind of earn, learn the trade and work in, for a glossy. And I did do that actually after uni. I went down to, I did a communications degree to start off with, went down to London and I worked for uh, Glamour magazine. Oh. Magazine, just 17. Like, you know, sort of did the rounds as an intern, but then stayed at Glamour for quite a while. Um, but London wasn't for me at the time. It felt quite big and and friendly. Um, We're much friendlier up north, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> our main criteria is we make them friendly and, and inclusive. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I don't like it when people are kind of exclude you. And, and, and you know, I, I think everyone can, can work together and, and sit together and have a good time, essentially. But my yeah. daughter didn't like it. Um, so I sort of panicked a bit and I thought, well, what am I going to do? And I've always been quite academic. So I did a law conversion and <laughs> I grew up and be sensible and went off, did my conversion. I really enjoyed law school because it was like a second chance at uni. And um, and then went off, trained and became a solicitor. Um, so I was a construction lawyer for, for a good few years. Um, it's just such a different industry. Isn't it? Like it's like construction, construction law. It's like yeah. the opposite of like wedding. To me, and- you're like, all about the pretty and making yeah. things beautiful and construction law it's like yeah I'm kind of excited about that like I, feel, like I was quite a youngster I was like in my sort of early 20s to late 20s when I did it and you know what like we worked hard but we had a good time as well so you know I went out with all my law friends and and, and so it was a time in my life where I was sort of just like doing a lot of growing up and I, th- yeah. I think that having that structure of that job was was quite good for me what it did do because construction law yes okay the construction side can be a bit boring but what what I specialized in was litigation so it sort of taught you all about like the court process about all all sorts of stuff that's actually really really useful for running your own business so Mm -hmm. you know copyright and 
um, how to trademark things and, you know, just how to put together like a business plan or a legal letter or, you know, how I get it helped my writing as well, because you do a lot of writing in law. So, yeah, um, you know, just just kind of being a professional, I think it, it was a I mean, it was a it was a good training ground. That's very it solid. Yeah. And how did you then transition from construction law to? So I was, so like Charlotte says, like I do like creativity and making things pretty. Uh, and I just was not fulfilled in any way, shape or form by work on that side of things. So I did start Brides Up North um, as a blog alongside my legal career. Um, I, I had another blog before that. I, I kind of found blogs and thought, all oh, right, like, I, you know, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be in magazines. Maybe this is my way of, you know, writing, almost to like write a book. I'll write a bit every day and I'll get into like the the habit of doing that. Trying to be disciplined, basically. So I started a little bit of a personal blog and then I tend to see opportunity and things like gaps in the market, that sort of thing. So whilst I was kind of out there researching what blogs were out there, I thought, oh, this is interesting. There's, there's a gap in the market um, in weddings because it's like that old chip I had on my shoulder about the North not being good enough. There's nothing really for the North here. I was planning my own wedding. Um, and I thought I had to go to London for everything. That's what I saw in the magazines and um, and obviously as a magazine lover I was picking up the wedding magazines as soon as I was engaged um, and and yeah so I thought yeah, I've got to go to London and then I thought god no I don't there's this gap in the market and just no one is telling anyone about the good suppliers that are in the north and me being me I decided I'd fill it and just sort of started off writing and getting out there meeting suppliers um, and it became a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because at first Yes, there were good suppliers, but they probably weren't as good at the time as the ones down south. And, you know, they didn't have the same opportunity and the same potential for growth. It was it was all sort of self-fulfilling. Um, but as time went on, I, you know, everyone just evolved. It became really cool to be northern again, thank goodness. Um, and and the wedding industry up here is really thriving and still is. It's um it's a really interesting and innovative, uh, innovative industry to be a part of. But I'd say that you are to thank for that because you put it back on the map. You know, you are part of why. Yeah. I think we should we really shone a light on what was up here and what was possible. And I think um we inspired business owners to go that extra mile. And you know, there's some really, really, really talented people up here, some of whom I have known for the whole of my journey. Um and um yeah, now now we don't feel like you know we we are we're, we're thriving up here. It's 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 fantastic. Oh yeah, no, totally, totally, totally. And I've seen you go on that journey. And what I really admire and love about you is that you are multi passionate. You are you see an opportunity you spot, and 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 you you might feel fear, but you do not show it. Like to me, you are totally fearless. Like I remember when you got the unveiled and you were doing it as the editor and then the next minute you were like oh yeah you just like dead confident I'm, I'm buying it yeah yeah and I was like of course you are <laughs> yeah. there was just such an opportunity there and the the previous owner Craig is a great guy and he's he's fearless he has he has you know the balls and gumption to go for it in the first place um but he didn't enjoy it as I did and didn't want to take it to the next level in the same way that I envisaged uh and how it could grow 
Um, so it's actually perfect because he was able to kind of launch the product and then step out and you know focus on other things. So yeah, um, to finish the story, I I quit law. Um, of course, sorry, but I, I'm gone ahead to unveil. Oh, no, but, um, it kind of it kind of fits together because um, Brides Up North had had got legs and grown and snowballed a bit to the point where I sort of paid off all my legal debts and whatever from the second stint of uni. And um, and I thought, and it became a thing. I would be going home every night after a long day in the office, and so it was having a second long day in my own office almost. It was a, it was yeah. a hobby. It became all encompassing, and I was enjoying it more. And one of them had to give, and I decided to lean fully into into the blog and the brand. And it was then that it really took off and started doing well. But yeah, the, the fearless thing. I think if you, I mean, it's not kind of blind fear. So I will. I, I trust my gut very heavily. So I think of new ideas a lot um, and I sort of stick with them. And sometimes I'll reach out to people and, and think, do we do it or not? Or, you know, how who, who can I work with to make this a reality? And um, there's a project I'm working on at the moment where I had an idea years ago for the project that I wanted to do and, and bring into fulfillment. And I sat with it and something just didn't feel right. And you sit and you sit and you you've got it then you hold the idea and the idea develops and I'll be like, oh, I can go on this idea because it's a great idea and I've got to you know get in there first but actually because I've waited it's developed differently to how it initially was sort of conceived and and that and it's only now that it's at the stage where I'm like no this is this is good we'll go with it that we're going to finally press go and, and launch um but I, yeah so I think the fearless thing as long as you are you do have to have an element of bravery, but I find it exciting to launch mm. new things. And I think that's ideas. the difference, isn't it? Like some people feel the fear and they do it anyway and they find it exciting. Some people feel the fear and then they just sit and procrastinate and don't do anything. So it's not that you're not feeling fear, or but you turn, because the body doesn't always know in the brain the difference between the fear and the excitement. So yeah. you go with it and you just... I don't feel that much fear, mm. truthfully. I don't know if I feel that much fear. And I think that's probably because my gut says, I've, I've learned to listen to my gut instinct. Yeah. My mm. gut instinct's like, yeah, this is a brilliant idea. I'm like, right, okay, let's do it. And like, really, what's the worst that can happen at the end of the day? Mm. One thing I'm really good at is not caring a jot about what other people think. That's so, I, so good. That's such a... Have you always been like that? No, probably not at school. And, you know, with my peers, I had like a close girly group and it was or a little bit mean girls um but maybe that was my training ground because no I, I, do, I don't care at all what people think I don't care what the mums on the school gates think of me I don't care what industry peers think of me I want to be admired and respected but I'd rather do my own thing and if people want to come along for the journey fine um, Brilliant. everybody and treat people with respect but I, I'm not worried about their thoughts about me if you see what I mean so that might be why I don't feel fear in that way yeah, I'm so fear of missing out. I've got more FOMO than fear of actually missing out. And have you? I'm sure you have, uh, but I think it's good to hear. Like, have you launched things that, in inverted commas, failed or didn't work out the way you wanted them to? And like, how have you managed that? Definitely, loads of things. Um, I'm just thinking of one. So in the pandemic, we obviously launched our supplier network, the Veld network which went really, really well. It was an amazing moment for the business. It was it was lovely because it felt like years of hard work had kind of come to a stage where I could support people and they could support us back at the worst of times. So that was great. I took that model and thought, right, I'll do something for wedding couples. 
alongside this something you know supportive for them because they're going through all this stuff too we were kind of already offering that but not quite as much so I, I branded everything up and I launched something called it was called something like I I said yes something like that yeah um but it just didn't take off just didn't have the same appeal to people they just didn't, didn't need it in the same way so I could have really pushed that forward but I just thought oh and I wasn't feeling it, that gut feel inside wasn't there for it. And I just thought, no, actually, we support people enough in various ways. That's enough for them. It's enough for me. So we just sort of planned it. Um, so that's a good example. We also sometimes, you know, we'll sometimes launch an event like a wedding show at, at a venue that we think is going to be massive for us. And it just isn't for whatever reason. So we're not afraid to, you know, come out of places that aren't working, look for new business. That sort of thing. I think business is ever evolving. And if you ever like look back on, say, with your so with social networks and things, if you look back on branding that you thought was brilliant five years ago, oh, and you, you cringe at, then, don't you? <laughs> yeah, super cringy. And we all are developing all the time in terms of like the messaging we're putting out there, the way we're doing the messaging, and and you just have to kind of think it's chip paper, like it's tomorrow's chip paper. Yeah, and you've we, got such a good attitude about yeah, it. Yeah, such a good. Like the way you, you the, there's like the, not the, you know, like sometimes when things don't work and you can hear people talking about it, you can hear their emotion about it, but you're just kind of like feel quite, yeah, that didn't work. So next that's, thing, yeah. And that's how you have to be, don't you? Like you look at people like Richard Branson, who's had lots of success in business and lots of failures. You know, in it's never a failure because it's always a lesson, isn't it? But, you know, and I think that's part of it, isn't it? And so people are so scared of failing, of failing that they don't even try. They yeah. don't even try in the first I place. Think, I think it's interesting you said about the multi-faceted business person. I think that helps with the process because I know, you know, I've got a great brand with the blog of Rise North. I've got a great brand with the wedding shows under that. That's safe. That's bread and butter. The magazine. Okay, so during the pandemic, our magazine is super touchy-feely. Like we do all our shoots in-house. We go out and shoot at different venues we, we don't just sort of accept submissions and put it together we are like across all touch points that magazine couldn't happen in the pandemic it wasn't viable and actually I could have brought that back last year but I didn't want to because all the suppliers are busy fulfilling all the weddings that were cancelled so I knew it was going to be like a second thought for them it wasn't going to get the focus it needs to be as good as it needs to be so I've held back and unveiled to me about this year um but because I had that, I had the I also had the wedding shows, I had the blog, you know, the network, it all balances each other out. So at any one point, you know, the income from this one could be more or the income from that one could be more. So it allows you then to know that it's not be all and be the be all and end all if like this new project doesn't work. I'm not putting all my hopes and dreams on it. I actually generally imagine that something will probably just do all right and we'll see. And then when it does well, you think, brilliant, that's cracking. You know, you, you I think there's a lot of kind of you put a lot of pressure on yourself and all of expectation on yourself and you can if you get rid of all of that then it just becomes quite fun really yeah and it should be fun business should be fun because that's why we go into well one of the reasons why we go into business is to have that freedom especially when you want to be creative and try new things and everything and you know what we do is we tend to make something either whether you call it eggs all in one basket or something your source but when you put make that your only source a lot of pressure yeah and if it does like if you'd only had the magazine and then you went into lockdown but you didn't you had all those other things that then you could monetize and you leveraged all of those so before it when you left law and you obviously had brides up north and it was taking legs did you have to take like were you already monetizing brides up north Um, was it enough to kind of match your wage or did you have to take a bit of a leap Mm. to make it work 
Yes, it was. So I, I, I waited till it was near enough on my wage to take the leap. I've never had outside investment or like support from a partner or anything like that or support from parents. I've done it all myself. So all of it was was completely like self funded essentially yeah but yeah I had debt so my main thing was I had some debts from well from shopping a bit much probably (laughs) (laughs) but from shopping and from my legal studies um and but I wanted all those cleared off I cleared all those off um before I then um built up a little bit of a pot and then thought right okay we're, we're all right here and my thing was I always wanted like one month's sorry one year's salary in the bank yeah. I don't operate like that anymore yeah liable. I actually had in my head that there was a guy who uh I don't want to identify anyone here but it was a guy or a girl let's say person <laughs> 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 <So> the human <laughs> someone who wasn't very nice to me when I was working as a solicitor wasn't very nice to anyone to be quite honest but the way things are in law you know who's being paid what so I thought to myself, right, if I can make the same amount as X a year, I will be happy. And that was my kind of target. Um, I love that. Yeah. But you're making a lot more than him now, or them. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you know, whatever drives you, I always think whatever drives Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And, and I just think it's interesting because I know a lot of people write blogs. Like, did you monetize the blog through advertising? Like, I know a lot of people are thinking, like, how do you even do that? But, you know, yeah. I know it's different now. But Yeah, we do it quite traditionally. So we do kind of display advertising on the blog, which means like a, a, an advert is there for everybody to see and click through from. Um, and we also do the directory. So when the, when the blog was uh, in its infancy, social media like was new. Instagram didn't exist when we launched in 2010. Uh, Twitter was there and Facebook was there. So we um, now, obviously, our offering has grown in that people want to be mentioned on the socials. We've got a good um, following across all those different networks. So as part, it's harder to track the ads now, the clicks and things, because quite often a mention on socials will do better than a directory listing. Um, but yeah, we the blog is sort of built from features like real weddings, which obviously then whenever a supplier is mentioned, they get a link out to their website yeah. in that way. um photographers in general submit real weddings to us um, or brides and grooms direct but photographers who use that service definitely get lots of bookings through our site um and then features you know like about you know your cake suppliers your dress shops trends mm-hmm. that sort of thing they all do really well so it, it's sort of um it's there's an editorial slash advertorial side to it really and um, some of it's unpaid content some of it's paid content and then there's display ads as well um who writes it? Do you still write blog or like? Yeah, so it's a mix. So I have like a little freelance team um, who I sort of farm the articles out to really. So I still upload everything. I still edit everything. Wow. Um, yeah, I like to know what's going on in my own business really. Yeah. Um, make sure that there's nothing like sensitive or there's not, you know, no bad reviews have been included. We, we like to keep things real, but at the same time, we're not here to take businesses down no yeah um, and we will only really feature the good people we know who are the good people um you know at, at this stage I could probably plan a wedding in genuinely under an hour <laughs> in under what sorry under an hour <laughs> maybe that's that a new business be, idea that could be a new business idea yeah that's wedding in an hour I did. I did. <laughs> like, you said to me a 
actually that's not a bad idea Josie if you said <laughs> to me um okay I want this sort of wedding la 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 I'd be okay here we this are. is my budget yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. wow well, well, when I'm well, you heard it here first. When I'm next in the market, I know where I'm coming. I'm, I'm all over it. I'm all over it. I have to say, I mean, obviously, I advertised, had my brand and our other brands on the blog, in the magazine. I was on the front cover of the first ever unveiled, which was amazing. Uh, and we got loads and loads of clients from it. It was brilliant. It was a great platform for us. It really was. It was. Yeah. I think there was a real synergy with my brand and your Charlotte mm-hmm. Baldwin brand at the time. Yeah young and fresh pretty commercial um oh. every bride um inclusive every couple but you know fun it was all about having fun it still is we had lots of fun yeah we did we? oh and talking about things that didn't work you two actually started something didn't you <laughs> i love this story started well we, we might have been we were very ahead of our time yeah we we've had a couple of collaborations in the past some have been more popular than others but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I love that as well though you know because that is part of like people are so scared to oh, yeah. put something out there and it not work as well as they hope or you know I do like when we're launching something new it's a bit like oh the thing is it doesn't matter because we think everyone's watching and everyone cares but people don't really care yeah. like they're more obsessed about what's in it for them and it's all part of learning and I don't regret any of the things that haven't worked out for me because they've been my biggest lessons I've taken so many things from it and you've got to as a as an entrepreneur you've got to be prepared that some things will be amazing and some things won't and that is just part of the journey and if you let it hold you back well we'd never do anything would you no definitely not alien to me I literally don't even think about it I think oh well like we tried that never mind move on what's next you know like it's not like you don't kind of just look back and think oh what if and you know if, to me to me if you're having a what if moment then go back to the idea and do it better try it again and do it yeah. a bit better. well like the things that we've done in the past like we we launched a a membership but we were too ahead of our time like memberships weren't a thing but did now we do not know what it was i can't remember yeah we did we did know what it was and we did an amazing launch party and it was one at least you had a good party it's still one of my favorite launch parties it was such yeah. a good night we had a brilliant night and it was perfectly executed but if we did that now it'd be completely different but we were ahead of our times and it's like i've launched dresses in the past when i did weddings and they didn't sell as well. And then I'd put them in, we had a, like a room there, we'd keep things that were ahead of the time. And then we'd rebring it out three years later and be a bestseller. So yeah. it just can be that the timing's not right because when you are a leader in the industry and you are very like thinking forward, you can be too ahead of the, the curve. Yeah. It's great being the trendsetter and that's very much what we've done, but sometimes you can just hold things back and quite interesting I, you know to me with the magazine that because we do try and set trends and unveiled so we always say that like if we can find the perfect example of it on pinterest then it's not for us because it's already out there it's already been done like uh, executed in the bridal world so i do a lot of reading up on like you know like interior trends trends in music trends in wellness is a big one at the minute like all sorts yeah. of this sort of other things is what I'm looking at all the time um but with Unfailed because we do try and be forward thinking sometimes things don't come off as well so we had a cover brilliant it was like a girl in a jumpsuit on a chair with legs a little bit open but like in kind of a power pose and we called it as a 
was in trousers on the front cover. Great cover, one of my favourites. Um, and uh, she... Oh, we lost you for a minute, but we think the recording will be recording okay. recording will be fine. We, we lost you. What was the name of the cover, sorry? It was issue six, but all of them are called the edit, the something edit. And this one, because she was in trousers, I had a bit of, a, a bit of fun with it and called it the dress edit. Um, <laughs> and like, people didn't get it. Like, the, you know, they, they, they love the magazine still. They love the content. They, they, but they were a bit like, oh, it's not our favourite cover. You know, why is she not in a dress? And it says the dress edit. I think it says something like the dress edit and then underneath it says something like, or is it? Or so, you know, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so is she six? And it's still one of my all-time favourites. And um, now people are like, oh, that's a great cover. We still have limited stock that we take to show them for like the big cover boards up and things. Oh, that's a great cover. That's a great cover. And I think, you know what? No one really liked that cover when it came out. It's really interesting. Yeah, you were um, ahead of your time. Ahead of your time, but yeah. those power poses back then weren't in, whereas now, if you look at like personal branding and fashion shoots and all that. I can really, imagine the pose. I can see it. I can see that pose because a yeah. lot of people do it now in their branding that like, like the open legs, power, sat, yeah. you know. It, it's... Like a Chicago type. Yeah. What it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, no one was ready for it. And do you know what? Even like the issue before that we had a bride with like sort of an ear cuff, all kind of sparkling diamonds down her ear and then a, and a, um, a classic dress. And I was worried about that haircut. And now it looks like nothing. It looks like the yeah. most traditional cover of all time. But, you know, the, the trends were just weren't there, even in 2015. And things have moved on, moved on, moved on. But it's so exciting. I'm so excited for my plans for Unveiled for this year and just getting back to it and being creative. And yeah. What's your favourite, like, is, is, is Unveiled one of your favourite things to do as part of your business? Is that Because it goes back to your dream, I suppose, of being the editor of Vogue, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it is. Yes, definitely. Like I really, what I really enjoy with Unveiled is um, the editing process, which is when we've done all the shoots, we've got all our um, uh, contributors on board um, and we've written the copy and it's like the putting the final, like sort of putting it all together for it to be a final magazine. And I really lean into it and we, me and my designer, um, we have like, we work through the night and we kind of are at our screen, we have got loads of snacks and we're wearing like the most awful clothes for like a whole week. And it's just that like, it's like almost like doing a dissertation, but it's like your heart and soul go into it. Like proper blood, sweat and tears. Really enjoy that bit of it. So like bringing all the hard work together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. after you press print, you just feel like completely spent and you have no more ideas. So people are like, oh, what are you doing on the next dish? I'm like, I've got no idea. I can't work in weddings anymore. I've like given my <laughs> answer to this thing, like I'm done. How and often then, does it come out, the issues? How often? So it used to be every six months. Um, but now they're going annual so they can be in um on the coffee table. It, that that's the whole idea that they're supposed to be a bit of a joy. So in the boutiques and the venues, direct distribution. And uh we are also launching into the south. Yeah. So what, sorry? We're launching into the south with unveiled as well. Oh heard it here first. That's exciting. That's it must really be nice exciting, to exciting, Julia. Must be nice to hold something as well. Oh, as like and they're to... beautiful. Yeah. I'll bring, I've got a few at home. I'll bring them into the office so you can yeah, see we'll them. Yeah, we'll put them out, won't we? Like, yeah, they're heavy. heavy. Yeah, like... they are. They just really, they've got that touchy feely. I'll be it... honest, once I've printed it, though, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to see this thing. Yeah. Like, Damn thing goes, again. Oh, right, <laughs> it, it, and then I'm like, okay, put it away now. So when will the next one drop? Like the first, it was with the first mm-hmm. turn. September. 
Oh, how exciting. Super exciting. Gosh, so many so many things yeah so many I've got like I've got a million questions and I'm sure people that are listening have got a million questions because you've been on such a journey and you know what as you're talking I know that there's so many things that are going to happen for you like I feel like there'll be lots of we could have you on in a year and you'll be like oh and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I've got yeah. this you've got yeah. that entrepreneurial spirit haven't yeah. you that's like um you find things you see opportunities and you take action on it and give it a go and like have your fingers in different pies. And I think that's really exciting. Yeah, it is really and, exciting. And for listeners, like so often, you know, we're told, it, you know, stick to one thing and, you know, focus on that thing, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Like if that doesn't work for you, if that would bore you to death or actually would make you work worse than it does, like don't be afraid to, ha- to be multi-passionate and, and have different yeah. things going on. And having different streams of income, like they say, don't they, that, millionaires billionaires have at least nine streams of income and so you know it's good to have more than one thing as well going oh, I need a few more then well there you go <laughs> well here's your permission here you need that would be great so yes. let's, let's put a few more but um I think I'm, I'm quite busy as it is actually yeah you that's are. the thing it's like stretching yourself thin but I suppose if you get a good team like do you mm. have people that you trust working for you or doing things yeah, for so- you interesting so my business model's changed a little bit because of the pandemic so um I now work with exclusively with freelancers so I'm just taking on a lady to help me on the admin side um and I work with freelancers for the events we have a really good event team but none of them are directly employed by me they're all freelance and then we have freelance writers contributors um and it just keeps things really fresh um mm. and it's a good way to keep your costs down to be honest as a business owner so you can you know lean into it employ more people when you need to and then step back in your more quiet seasons um and I, I quite liked the sort of uh what's the word where well, you have to go into an office like the responsibility of having a team and that you, you kind of had to like facilitate their work and go in the office and and, and, it, and it kind of kept me accountable because mm. I can't as a, you know I went to a very strict school an all girls school and I skive whenever I can. That is just <laughs> good to have something to keep me accountable. Um, but at the same time, I think that um having a more fluid team has allowed for more creativity and for me to take some opportunities that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to take because I'd be worried about that wage bill. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it's also encouraging other people to work for themselves and have their own freedom, level of freedom, because freelancing in itself, you know, it, it's working for yourself, isn't it? And and I think like that encourages entrepreneurial spirits as well, because it gives, whilst it's, you know, with freelancing, whilst it's it's not a permanent job, it actually gives them freedom as well. Like somebody's a freelancer, they can work when they want to, and then they can say, actually, I don't want to do that contract anymore. And it gives that freedom. And I think, you know, I, I, I think as well for creatives, it makes you more creative. I think a creative is better and flourishes better when it's in that role because it feels like they've got more of a challenge. Whereas when they're in that offense environment, they can feel a bit stifled. Yeah, and you can choose what you want to take on and what you don't. Mm. Well, that project's not for me. I won't take this one, thank you. You know, and when you're in a J-O-B, you get you have to do like what you're told basically, don't you? And mm. so it, it encourages that. Um, and, you know, keeps people on their toes in that they're gonna, in order to keep a uh, contract going, or to be, they need to show up well, you know, and there's that as well. So there's pros and cons to both. There's definitely mega. pros and cons to both. Yeah. 
you know, do your best work when you have the slight worry that you might not get this contract again if you're not good enough. You know, you're not yeah. sort of just like turning up and putting the coffee machine on and getting the radio on and putting your feet up. Do you know, I know that everyone doesn't do that in a job, but it's there is, I think, as an employer, as someone who likes to Skype, it is good to yeah. have some, um, you know, you, you want to put your best work in. And money, money is a really good for a lot of people motivator, not for everyone, but for a lot of people, it is a good motivator. And to know, actually, I want to secure that next contract. It's going to motivate them. So yeah, I, I, we use freelancers and we, we love do. it. We, we do. We do. Okay. So if you were talking to somebody who was thinking about, because a lot of our listeners are either starting out or are kind of like midway through we've even got we've got established people as well they're kind of like all over in their journey but we would love to give them a kind of advice things that you've learned over the years that you wish you'd known 13 years ago that you could share what are your like pearls of wisdom my biggest bit of advice is not to think that the job is the safe route so we saw this, didn't we, in the pandemic, for example. I hate harking back to pandemic all the time. But people lost their jobs. You can lose your job at any time. You know, your company could go through a restructure. Your company might not get the funding it needs. Just because you're taking on a pace of every month and you go to the same office doesn't mean that you're set for life. So why not try your own thing? And you might make, you should make a lot more money that way because you're in, charge, you're in charge of your hours, in charge of your destiny, you're in charge of what you bill, you know, I think take the risk on self-employment or, you know, your own gig rather than working for the man. I would really say that. And I used to think working for the man was the safe route. Mm. And I think you're safer in your own hands. Oh, I love that. Mm. That would be my Um, I would say try not to care what people think because that is really doesn't hold me back at all. Um, And give it a go listen to your gut if something excites you then try and find ways of making it happen and it might be that you can't do it the ideal way it might might be you have to do it in a more cost-effective way it might take you a bit longer or you might need to I don't know like just really put the hours in now to get it done but um but but have a go and try and follow your dreams that way oh amazing love that I think everyone that will listen to this will be really inspired because you have followed your dreams and you have done it your way that kind of sums you up that you do do it your way <laughs> it is a song it definitely is a song but it is thank you so much and before we kind of round up today so we are collaborating we are um on an event so we will what we'll do is we'll put more information we'll add a little extra to the yes. end of this interview we'll do a little because we're literally in the planning stages it's very exciting um but if you're in the wedding industry and you're listening to this and you would love to be in a room with us three watch this space because we've something's got something coming soon something yeah. big something exciting and we're very excited about it so we'll put um it's a little add-on you'll hear it now you'll hear it you'll hear it <laughs> it's coming julia thank you so much for joining us today we've loved having you and um, thank you for listening to the podcast if you are in the wedding industry you need to stop what you're doing right now and listen to what we have got to say We are inviting you to the biggest and the best collaboration and event this year in the wedding industry. That's right. The Money Mavens are collaborating with Julia Smith, formerly known as Brame, who is the founder of Brides Up North. And it just so happens is on this next podcast episode coming up for you. 
We are collaborating to do an event at the Mansions in Leeds on the 24th of May. And it's going to be all about you having the best year in your wedding business you've ever, ever had. We're going to be talking all things bridal trends, strategy, mindset, money, making lots of profit in your business. And of course, there'll be lots and lots of fun, inspiration. So if you want to come, if you're ready to really up level, if you want to be surrounded by three experts, that's myself, Charlotte Balbier, Josie May and Julia Smith, then this event is for you. We're going to put the link in your bio and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining the Money Mavens podcast today with myself, Josie May and my fellow host, Charlotte Balbier. We're holding regular giveaways with luxury prizes for those that leave us a review. So if you've loved this episode, please go and give us five stars. We really appreciate your support. For more exciting content and inspiration in unlocking your up level, head over to our Instagram and follow the underscore money underscore mavens. The link is in our show notes. Congratulations. You are now officially a money maven. Welcome to the club. We can't wait to celebrate your success with you. See you on the next episode.